We'll keep it down. We'll keep it down. We'll keep it down. We'll keep it down. Oh, yes, we will. We'll keep it down. We'll keep it down. You, you know what would have been hilarious? What? If, like, Eddie Murphy's walking through the Haunted Mansion and those singing heads just go, there's some horrors in this house. There's some horrors in this house. Bring a mop and a bucket for this weak-ass poet. Like... <laughs> Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we want you to be happy for evers and evers. I hate that so much. <laughs> I'm Gary. I'm Ross. And this week we're talking about the 2003 Disney comedy horror, I don't know, family film. It's hardly horror. I know. But I still love it. It's spooky. The Haunted Mansion. Yay! This was your idea. It was. It was indeed. I'm sorry about that. I am very happy to talk about it, though, because after watching this movie again now, I'm like, this is so much fun. But yet it's still really spooky. So I'm excited. And I watched it with a whole new set of eyes this time. Right? Right? We have things to talk about, don't we? Oh, we sure do. There are some deep underlying things that you don't notice as a child. Before we get started, reminder, the Facebook page is still down. We're on an appeal. Um, God knows when that's coming through. I, I guess we're waiting on, is there a Facebook judge <laughs> yes. to take our appeal? We're on the docket. I don't know when our date is, quote unquote. So, but in the meantime, you can still follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, guys, practice the three R's this season. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. And don't forget, we've got a whole nother month's worth of spooky episodes from last year if you want to go check those out. I can't believe I have to say this. Trigger warning for suicide? Uh, uh, Disney? What? You're right, guys. Trigger warning for suicide. Like, I agree with you. I agree with you. All right. Cue the spooky vibes. Is anybody here? We're the Evers from Evers and Evers Real Estate. Master Gracie wishes to discuss his affairs over dinner. This house has a bit of history to it. And this history haunts these walls. I don't think it's a good idea to put that information in the listing. People love bathrooms. We should play up the whole toilet angle. I think that'd be best. <laughs> from Walt Disney Pictures. What happened here, Mr. Gracie? Do you believe in ghosts? No clue from the past. She looks like Mom. That's interesting. No message from the future. I am Madame Leota, seer of all. Wow, that's great. What is that? Can prepare you for an adventure. Find the key that must be found. That was easy. From the beyond. For the ride ah! of your ass. 
Murphy. Dark spirits from the grave come forth. Don't you make no dark spirits come out while I'm sitting. Wait till I leave before dark spirits come out. The Haunted Mansion. This movie is one of several movies to just, their concepts just be taken from Walt Disney amusement park attractions. <laughs> yeah, in the same year, I believe, Pirates of the Caribbean came out. Yeah, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, um, Haunted Mansion, apparently also Tower of Terror. I didn't know that was a film. I didn't either. And wait for it. The Country Bears. <laughs> Remember that stupid movie? The Country Bears experience. With yeah, the, with the with the with the bears that were just too real. I know it was it was it was awful. I did. I need to see a picture. Yep. Yep. Show it's just, show me a picture. I just the remember. Yikes! Yeah. Yes, I remember that now. I, I don't know. Christopher Walken was in it. It was what? It was weird. <laughs> this movie made a ninety million dollar profit. Well, I'm not surprised Disney put their name on this. And you're right. You're right. Disney does so much of its own product placement in this movie. It's a little sickening. I mean, it's what do you expect from them? I know. What do you expect from them? I'll point out a couple on the way, but like it's everywhere. You just got to know where to look for it. So Rob Minkoff directs. He also directed other notable Disney features such as The Lion King. Yeah. The first Lion King. Uh, the Stuart Littles. Of course, he's done this. He did the Mr. Peabody and Sherman thing. Oh, yeah. I, 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 so, yeah, he, he's done a couple of things. Um, we have names. <laughs> yes, we do. If you didn't know, starring Eddie Murphy, everybody. Eddie. We know him as our dear beloved Donkey. That's right. From the Shrek fr- franchise. We also know Eddie Murphy from so many other things, good and bad. Oh, yeah. They're all over the map. The Nutty Professor. Pluto Nash. He's in Dreamgirls. Yes, he is. Um, Coming to America, which is my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. He's no stranger to Disney. He was Mushu in Mulan. Also Norbit. We can't not mention Norbit. You can't just erase history like that. Like As much as we might like to, and I understand everybody wants to. I'd like to forget about it. Razzie Awards were won for Norbert. Or Norbit. (laughs) Norbit. Oh my God. I know, Ross is very excited to talk about the lovely, the elegant Marsha Thomason. I know Marsha Thomason from nothing else but this. No, I don't either. I know she's on NCIS Los Angeles, which, okay. (sighs) She's from Manchester. Yeah, she's a Brit. She's a Brit. I was shocked. She's fine. All right. I'm sorry. I'm not going to objectify her throughout the entire film. Be respectful. I'm going to be respectful. We have Terrence Stamp. Who lives rent-free in my nightmares. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, Some of you may recognize his voice from Smallville. He was the voice of Jarrell on Smallville because he was also famous for being in the Superman franchise in the 70s. A General Zod? Yeah. He's also one of those Shakespearean actors, you know, like Ian McKellen. Oh, no, I can picture this guy playing Death on stage. Mm, Absolutely. He's Chancellor Valorum. Yeah, from Phantom Menace. From Phantom Menace, absolutely. We have Wallace Shawn. Oh, my God. Wallace Shawn is speckled throughout your film viewing lexicon just because he could be the voice of anybody and you might have seen him physically in a couple of things. He's Vizzini. Yes. In from, The Princess Bride. In The Princess Bride. Inconceivable. Inconceivable! As I told you, it would be absolutely, totally, and in all other ways, inconceivable. He's in Incredibles. He's also in the Toy Story franchise. He's Rex. Yeah. Roar! <laughs> 
Were you scared? Tell me how I was. <laughs> He's in that Radio Days thing, that Woody Allen thing with like Seth Green and fucking Diane Weist. And he's in My Dinner with Andre. We also have the camp goddess herself, Jennifer Tilly. Oh my God. Bullets over Broadway. Jennifer Tilly. Tiffany Valentine in Child's Play. Yeah, she is in The Bride of Chucky. I know. I know. And she is also in Liar Liar. We love, we love her in Liar Liar. She's in Stuart Little. Yeah, she's the voice of the mom. Yeah, The yeah. quote mom. Yeah. <laughs> the grifter mom. Hey, Sally Wally. Yes, she's in She's in Monsters, Inc. She's just got one of those great voices. You know her as Bonnie Swanson from Family Guy as well. Absolutely. Um, She's also a a prominent poker player. I did did not know that. Like in the poker industry? Like celebrity poker? I I don't know if it's... It's not even that. She's like competing. Oh, shit. Like legit in tournaments. Or she used to. I don't know if she does now. You get it, Jen. We have Nathaniel Parker. I know um, him from this. Yeah, no. If you have seen Stardust, he's in Stardust. If you've played the Witcher games, you've heard his voice work in those games. He looks like a more masculine version of Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's very weird and very specific, but I said what I said. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and um, Dina Spivey Waters. I have a good noodle star for you. Can't wait to get it. (sighs) If you can tell me what movie we have already done with her in it and no looking it up. Well, I'm not. Then why are you looking at the phone? (laughs) (laughs) No. Smack my phone out of my hand. (laughs) Because you're trying to cheat. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Dina Spivey Waters. If you get this, I will be impressed. So if you really can't come up with it, I'll let you look at your phone. Hmm. It's a bit roll. And I'll even narrow the field for you. It's a kid's movie. I got you singing on the Dottie Robinson show. To talk about that book, it's got it's it's Free Friday. Yeah. Yee! I got I it. I get it. Good noodle start for oh, you. I get, Carrie, I've never put that together before. Yeah, she's, You just made me work to put it together, but. She's Dottie Robertson in Freaky Friday, that television host. I don't remember reading about any of this in your book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. It's called Reading Between the, the lines. lines. Oh, God. Um, Mark John Jeffries, he's Michael. Yeah, what's he from? He was on Fatherhood for a while. I don't really know of anything else, but he is spotted throughout movies and television. He has like he has like kid roles with like five to ten lines. Oh yeah, he's in Stuart Little too, because he's Jonathan Lipnicki's kid friend. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And we have Ari Davis. Uh-huh. She's it, from Bernie Mac. Yeah, she's from Bernie Mac, and she's also on Everybody Hates Chris. She's funny. Is she? She's funny as shit. She is one of my favorite things about this movie. I'm glad. I'm so ready. Okay, okay, okay. Anything else you want to say? I think we're good. You know what makes my ass leak? (laughs) You always start these episodes this way. (laughs) With a question? (laughs) Welcome, foolish mortals. (laughs) Yeah, right off the bat, it is like, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. This is like, and this is like what they say to you when you get on the ride. Is it really? Yeah. I, I think we went on Haunted Mansion. I'm not certain. Oh, okay. Screw you. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, because no. you went to Disney. <laughs> yes, I and did. And I've never been. It's okay. I mean, it's not. I'm sure it's not all it's cracked up to be, but like, I'm just saying. Remember in Girl Interrupted when that's where they're running away to? Yeah. Angelina Jolie and Winona Ryder, they're going to go to Disney World in Florida and, and be the new Cinderella in Snow White. Yeah, they sure are. We open with a flashback. And my notes open with a musical reference. Mm. Masquerade! Very big phantom vibes. <laughs> Very big phantom vibes. So this opening sequence is like 
one of my favorites. I do love it. Because not only does it tell a story, but it's just so well done. You know what I mean? Floating CGI objects aside, yeah. You know, the timeline in this prologue thing, you know, it seems a bit earlier than you might think. Like, I was talking to you about this earlier, like, just like from the everything about the masquerade and the artifacts and the props. I'm like, this is Georgian. Like, this is like revolution era time. In the late 1700s? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, I think that that's what I gather. That's what I sense from it. But, you know, we get throughout the credits, we get this like this story of like, you know, this man loves woman and woman kills herself and man is distraught and um, <clears throat> trigger warning. It ends in a blast of anger and a suicide. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And I'm like, Disney, I can't believe they opened with this. Yeah, it's like this 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 whole thing at this party with this masquerade ball and this behind the scenes, you know, death. And it's so tragic for everybody. And they show it. They do. And I'm just like, wow, I wonder if there were parents that were like, nope. If we're here already, yeah. we are not staying. Yeah. And then just like the pan out and we get to see the whole property. Yep. It looks just like the exterior of the ride. Once the credits are over, we're introduced to powerhouse realtor Jim Evers, played by Eddie Murphy. He's showing a house to this couple who is on the brink of divorce. We've seen these people places, like these two stock actors. Every house we look at, you find something to pick at. I just know what I like. Mm. Would you like a divorce? Because I'll bring it. Hey, 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 no need for that. If you happen to know a realtor, ask them how many times a month they have to play marriage counselor to a pair of buyers. Probably. Like, this is something people run into in the field all the time, where they're showing a house to this couple, and you can feel the passive aggression. But Jim is very dedicated. He's very dedicated. He's like, I am committed to finding the right house for you, because it evers and evers. We want you to be happy forevers and evers. If I had the rest of the episode, I couldn't explain to you how much I hate that. I know, I know. But as as I sat there and I was like, well, Carrie, if you're so smart, come up with a better one. And I'm like, you know what? I can't. Mrs. Evers, Sarah, calls him in the middle of this deal. She's reminding them that they have a dinner reservation for their anniversary. And he's trying to play it off like she's another interested buyer on the other (laughs) end. Hello, Evers and Evers Real Estate, Jim Evers. Hey, honey. How's it going? Do they like the house? Uh, yes, this house is still available. Oh, I knew it. I told you they were looking moves. It's not the interesting party. Excuse me a second. Jim is slick. He is. I love it. And by the end of that phone call, those those buyers on the brink of divorce are ready to say yes. You idiot. Look at you. Do you see what you did? <laughs> we love the house. So I have now we're in a tiki restaurant, question mark? Yeah. I don't understand what the point of this whole sequence was. Because for a hot second, I thought he was here to meet his wife. For a minute, yeah, you, you think that for a second. But no, he sits down with another pair of clients. Yeah, like he's, it's a nice place. But like, it's not necessarily someplace you'd take someone for a romantic anniversary dinner. And you know, this couple, we don't have names and I don't care. I, like, I just have annoying white couple. They are. They are annoying white couple number one. Because there's two <laughs> in this scene. They're the ones that are like, oh, isn't this place great? It's just like Hawaii. We went to Hawaii. It was wonderful. Have you ever been? And I, he's just like, can you sign these papers so my wife doesn't kill me about being late for our anniversary dinner? Your anniversary? Yes, it's my anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Sign that thing here. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy, 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 happy. Hey, sign this. Me too, Eddie. Me too. On the way out... 
he gets flagged down by another couple. Annoying white couple number two. They want to buy a house from him. Yeah, they're like, hey, did you just sell them a house because we're looking to buy? And he's just like, I got to take it. He rings the doorbell to his own house. And when (laughs) when Sarah opens the door, he's standing there with a diamond watch and a giant teddy bear. Sarah's sick of it. Oh, I know. She's so sick of it. You know, it's actually Teddy's fault that I'm late. He had a little accident in the back seat. Cotton all over the place, but I cleaned it up. (laughs) It's okay. I forgive Teddy. Oof, the passive aggression. I'm loving it, Sarah. He's trying to sell her a house, (laughs) even in this moment. He's trying to sell her a house, and the house is a bundle of lies. Yes, it is. (laughs) His bullshit apology for why he's late. The point here is that Jim doesn't make enough time for family, which makes me wonder how Sarah is functioning, because she's his realtor partner. Yeah, they're they're partners together. Evers and Evers. We want you to be happy for Evers and Evers. I hate it. She's also dynamite at selling houses, but she still manages to make it to the soccer games and the other kids' activities. Yeah. And he promises her that they're going to go away for the weekend with the kids, get some real quality time. To the lake. Yeah, to the lake. Lake Pontchartrain, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, that would be the nearest lake, (laughs) wouldn't it? They're driving over it at the end, so. We meet their son, Michael. Michael Jordan Evers! Yes. (laughs) He is adorable, but he is also very terrified of spiders. Mm, mm. Kim tells him, you know, you're going to have to learn how to kill your own spiders. And I'm like, no, pick his butt up and put him outside so he can keep the mosquito population under control. He's like, all right, get a good magazine. It doesn't matter what you use. Some people like to use life or time or news. Hey, this is my Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. What are you doing with it? I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. (laughs) Michael, gross. (laughs) Curious little booger. And he's begging him. Just hit it. Just hit it real good. Hit the spider. And he's like, I don't want to whack it. I don't want to. He's like, you got to learn to whack your own spiders. You know who's not afraid of spiders? Older sister, Megan. Megan. I love Megan because this is the first time we're seeing her. She just walks into frame, rips that magazine out of his hand. Dad, I can't crush it. I can't whack it. I can't do it. Hey. There. Happy? No, I'm not happy, Megan. I was trying to make a point to your brother about how it's important to whack your own spiders. Whatever. I love Megan. She's been here five seconds and she's already fed up. Sarah gets a call to rep another property. And she's like, oh, I've got plans. Can you fuck off until Monday? (laughs) That is not what she said. (laughs) No, but that's her vibe. Like, absolutely. She's like, I don't get vacations. Yeah. Kindly piss off. And this guy on the other end is like, listen, my boss needs to move on. You know, this just kind of needs to happen. And then this isn't sus at all. He's like, would it be possible for you to come to discuss the situation. But my husband and I work as a team. The master usually does not take visitors. However, from your photograph, he thought you to have a trustworthy face. About your husband, he felt differently. She's in the middle of telling him no when Jim intercepts the phone and says, hold on, are you out of your mind? Yeah. This place isn't a nice part of town. It could be big money. And I'm like, money? You don't need any more money, Jim. You sold seven houses this month for crying out loud. I love it on the, the guy on the phone. He's like, my employer is very anxious to move on. I went, oh, are we? <laughs> yeah. Are we anxious to move on? Yeah, cross over <clears throat> into the next county, maybe? Maybe. They're on their way out of town to the lake, and Jim's like, listen, guys, we're just going to stop at this place for 20 minutes. We're going to meet this guy. 20 minutes. 20 minutes tops. Yeah, 20 minutes tops. That will become a repetitive theme. It's just a little detour. How long is it going to take? 
No more than 20 minutes. 20 minutes tops. You should be excited. You're gonna finally get to see mommy and daddy in real estate action. And it's not until they pull up to the house that I realize that we are in the bayou. This is Louisiana. It all hit me at once. It's a plantation house. Yeah, yeah, it's a total plantation property. And here's where I'm going to start my thesis. Remember back in June when we talked about the help and centering narratives around white comfort? Oh, yes. This movie is a prime example because... That's not something that's ever explicitly stated. It's just strongly implied. Mm. And if you don't believe me, go back and watch it again. It's like they're dancing around it without actually coming out and saying it. Because the filmmakers don't want you thinking about that. They want you caught up in the lore in this love story. So this will become a horrifying pattern. They get outside the gate and he's honking. He's like... Hello, Evans Real Estate. Yes, we're here now, and I'm like, he's a goon. I know he's a goon, and I love. I love him. I do love Jim's character. He's what keeps us centered. Yeah, but <laughs> even with the everything about this movie, I don't think he's adequately McReady. No, I know. I know exactly what you mean. I'm gonna come back to that later. Like he is comically un-McReady. They go in there and they're poking around the property before they go up to the door. There's a cemetery in the backyard. There is. I love Megan. <laughs> Dead people. Hey, honey, you know they have uh, dead people in the backyard. Well, some people have pools, some people have private cemeteries. It happens. You're gonna sell a house with this? You mean this historical sprawling manor with spacious grounds? Yes. Hey, that's good. We'll put that on the listing. Guys, this private cemetery is huge. It's probably most of the property. If you're a local, it's like Crown Hill size. Yeah, it's, uh, it's way too big, and I'm like... Why are so many people buried on your property, sir? And that, honestly, should have been the end of this. Right? He he should have taken one look at that cemetery and said, nope, don't need the money that badly. But here we are. The whole fam damnly walks up to the door and knocks. Look at the size of these knockers. Oh, God. Come on. (laughs) Shout out to Young Frankenstein? Yeah, I think that's a Young Frankenstein (laughs) reference. The door, you guessed it, opens on its own. Nobody seems to be home. We're in the very um, foyer that was in our uh, little prologue sequence. Yeah, and Sarah and Jim are salivating. The place is so old and well-preserved on the inside. It's big and creepy. Guys, this set. Oh, you love the set. Oh, my panties are peeling for this set. Stop. I'm sorry, they are. I know. Oh my God. We're suckers for production. The detail. The detail tail and it's just there's so many cool things about the house that i can't wait to talk about but there's this huge pair of twin staircases in the foyer Mm -hmm. and this giant clock it almost looks like a bat i know yeah it's great and so they are loving all of this we are introduced to ramsley played by terrence stamp terrence stamp can fuck all the way off he's accompanied by organ music he's the voice of my nightmares i know when he appears for the first time and he's coming down the hall and you can only see him every time lightning flashes Ah! out of that dark hallway. Sarah Evers? 
He's right up there with Christopher Lee in Voices You'll Hear in Hell. Yeah. Like, oh my God. And I mean that as a compliment. Ramsley has all the personality of an undertaker with no sense of humor. And he's like, oh, you brought your husband. Yeah. I specifically told you not to. We were not expecting others. Your Ramsley impression is fire. I do. I do like it. Ramsley tells them that the master wants to discuss the sale of the house over dinner, even though this was supposed to be a 20 minute excursion. Oh, I'm sorry, but we have plans that cannot be broken. (laughs) And it's like, Sarah, buckle in, sweetheart. Sarah's like, this was my one opportunity for some sanity. I know. Like, (laughs) and like now Jim won't even let her have that. And Jim's like, we're going to have some soup and then we'll get going. So Ramsley is leading them to the dining room down this hall, this very, very dark hall. This is where I first, you know, my eyes first went to detail, like these intricate suits of armor. Yeah. And like all of the heraldry behind each one of them. And I'm like, yo, Mr. Gracie, how many wars your ancestors fought in? Like, yeah, seriously, we'll get back to him in a second. You know, throughout the entirety of Harry Potter, when the suits of armor didn't seem to make any difference. And then at the final moment, they made all the difference. Yeah, she enchants their asses (laughs) and suddenly they're an army. We'll get there. These sets are flawless. I know. Like everything is so on point for this. Like it's just this, you know, these sets are, first of all, entirely too huge. And then like just the craftsmanship in the architecture just puts you right where you need to be. Yeah. This whole ominous feeling. This is the same feeling that kept Jim in this house and fucked up his family's weekend. This would have, I'm sorry to say it, this would have made a great Tim Burton film. Yeah, it sure would have. Like, I'm glad that it wasn't, but like, it would have, he would have done really well with this. Seriously, look at this detail. I've never seen anything like this. Haven't you? My grandfather spared no expense when he built this mansion. We meet Edward Gracie, the owner of the Haunted Mansion. He's, I don't know how to feel about him. I know. He's charming and kind of romantic, but like, I don't know. His eyes, there's something about his eyes. I don't like him either. They're menacing. We saw Gracie at the beginning, right? Yes, we did. He's the he's the wee fellow who hung himself. Yeah. Ugh. So it's not a mystery that he's dead. It's why no one will shake. It's why it's why no one will shake hands when Jim holds his out. They're ghosts. Tell me, Mr. Evers. Do you believe in ghosts? Ghosts? Yeah, sure, I believe in ghosts. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea to put that information on the listing, though. We should talk about how many bathrooms are in the house. Also, Gracie at Sarah is me at Marsha Thomason. Oh, no, just his total affect towards her. The way he's in awe of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's a little creepy for me. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely creepy for you. Yeah, me too. He's explaining to them over dinner that the house was built by his, quote, great-grandfather. Ah, sure. Yeah. And it's part of his inheritance. The thing they're not saying and not contextualizing is that this is the big house in the middle of a Louisiana bayou, and it was very likely built by slaves, which I think adds a whole nother layer of fucked up to this movie. Yeah. And yeah. And we're going to get into more on that later, but just I just hate how they are obviously trying to get me to enjoy these aspects of the story, the setting, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and the haunt and the love story without properly contextualizing that. I'm just mad that I never questioned it. So guess what? 
The rain has swollen the river. I just, I love that. Like that, 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 that one line lives rent free in my nightmares. It's just the way he says it. <laughs> the storm has swollen the river. How's that? The storm has flooded the road. I'm afraid there will be no leaving the mansion tonight. What? Of course, you are all more than welcome to spend the night here. I'm afraid there will be no leaving the mansion tonight. Oh, how very convenient. It's so dramatically evil. I know. <laughs> They're and like, fuck that. Uh-uh. We're going to get a little wet, but we're leaving. <laughs> so Ramsley shows them to their rooms. Cut to Sarah giving Jim the business. Like, Sarah's so mad. Like, this is the classic, you're a workaholic, you don't have enough time for me and the family speech, you know? I would be, I would have been done with his ass already. Like, this is crazy. She's like, you couldn't resist. You, we couldn't just go to the lake. You had to come and see if you could seal the deal. You just had to come. Excuse me, this is a big opportunity for all of us. Not for us, for you. The only thing you seem to care about anymore is work. Oh, but when I'm working hard like this, it doesn't matter as long as I'm bringing you home expensive gifts, right? And that's when she's like, you know what, motherfucker? And she <laughs> takes that watch off that he gave her. This diamond it on watch. The, she throws it on the bed and locks herself in the bathroom. He goes, oh, no, wait, that was that was a mistake. <laughs> that was oh, a oh, come, mistake. Come back here. Sarah, open up. I'm sorry about that, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you, he deserves it, honestly. He backs away from the bathroom door, turns around, and Ramsley's right there. <laughs> He's like, the master wants to have a word with you in the library. A word? <laughs> Sarah. I'm going to have a word with Mr. Gracie. I'll be back in a minute. He will not be back in a minute. No, he will not be back in a minute. They're both standing in the library waiting for Gracie, and gregarious old Jim is trying to make conversation. So, Ramsey, how long have you been a butler? A long time. What are the most important qualifications in case I might be doing some interviewing? Attending to every detail, understanding priorities, and above all, knowing one's place. Knowing one's place? Yeah. Oh, okay, Ransom. Like, I get it. A butler must know his place, but like... That gets a whole different context that's later. That's gonna get different context. Ramsley leaves him in the library to wait, and Jim is sitting at the desk doing his rich white man impression. I love it. He spills his drink, and when he goes to pick it up, he bumps the bust on the desk, and it opens the bookcase. And, like, he just keeps doing it. Yeah. He just keeps pushing it back and forth. Like, Jim, you're going to break it. Yeah. <laughs> How does that even work? How do you set something like that up in 18th century Louisiana? I don't know. And so he opens this hole in the wall, and he goes to investigate. Stupid. He, like, steps over the threshold, and that bookcase slams shut. Put the candle back. back. <laughs> That's what you get, Eddie. And here's where I'm going to pull receipts on Eddie Murphy, because there is this whole bit from Delirious. This, yes. The stand-up bit he did in 83. Famous, famous, famous. And when he's talking about, he's talking about how black people would never be in this situation. Yep. Why don't white people just leave the house when there's a ghost in the house? <laughs> Y'all stay in the house too fucking long. Get the fuck out of the house. Very simple. It's a ghost in the house. Get the fuck out. In the Amityville Horror, the ghost told them to get out the house. White people stayed in there. Now that's a hint and a half for your ass. A ghost say, get the fuck out. I would just tip the fuck out the door. You see, this is what happens when you fuck with ghosts. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to it shortly. The next thing I have written down is, huh, that music box ballerina sure does look like mom. Yeah. <laughs> 
for real. The kids are in their room, and all of the sudden, this blue light appears to them. No, he opens that music box and releases the entity within it. Yeah. <laughs> like, she just pops out of there like toast. And it starts floating away from them. Ghost ball. Ghost ball. And Megan's like, that thing totally wants us to follow it. Yeah. And the ball of light leads them to this room that no one has been in in years. Can't have been. There's cobwebs everywhere. And the kids find this oil painting of this woman who looks exactly like their mother. Remember in Fright Night when they found the portrait of Amy? That's what I have. I was like, here we go again with the oil painting. Yeah, yeah. Didn't we do this bit last week? A little bit. Mom. What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be up here. This is unspeakable. Unspeakable. You have to leave. This is where we formally meet Ezra and Emma. Yes. The the uh, what is Ezra? He's not the butler because Ramsley's the butler. Is he the carriage driver? Yeah. And then Emma's the maid. Yes. Okay. And they just appear behind them. Like, what are you doing up here? Who is that? That's none of your business. That's you. Now, come on, get out of here. It's way past your bedtime. Her name was Elizabeth. Are your kids hungry? Does anybody want a cookie? Cookies? Don't offer them cookies. They're trespassers. Trespassers don't get cookies. This is none of their concern. It is their concern. They're involved. Wallace Shawn is one of those actors where you hire him because you want Wallace Shawn. Exactly. Just loud, grumpy, and suspicious. He's a very unique voice. And I just, is he still with us? Yes, I believe so. Oh my God. Every time I think about Wallace Shawn, I'm like, is he still alive? Yeah. Yeah, he's just ageless. He's looked like this since 1985. Probably, yeah. I love Emma. Emma has cookies for them. She does. <laughs> She's so sweet. Dottie Robertson. Yeah. From Freaky Friday. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And so, they hear Ramsey coming, and they tell the children to hide. Like, the kids are, like, ducked behind this trunk, and Ramsley appears, and they are shaken. They are afraid of Ramsley. The children are not in their room. Have you seen them? Children? What children? What children? Her children. The children she wasn't supposed to bring, along with that brainless husband of hers. I can't get any good help around here. I asked that woman to do one thing. Come by yourself. Don't bring your lousy husband and your children. (laughs) You're ruining my evil plans. (laughs) Cut to Jim finally escaping the crawl space behind the bookcase. He crawls out of that painting and he's walking down the hallway and the stone busts are like glaring after him. The paintings in the hallway, the images are distorting into images of death coming. Oh, it's awful. Like the the woman who, the woman, the very nice looking woman who changes into the rotting corpse and then the like Napoleon-esque like soldier on the horse turns into death on a skeleton horse. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those are all nods to the ride. I'm sure. Like, it's just like you're on the ride. He's walking down the hallway past some creepy shit. (laughs) The breathing door? Oh my god! Those must be termites. Some big-ass termites, that's all. 
he goes in that room. Like there's a, like I don't I don't understand what this sequence is about. There's like a phone in the middle of the room and it's ringing and there's a mirror in there and he answers the phone. He's like, "Hello?" and it's you can see it's Ramsey on the other end. It's like and Ramsey's like, "Okay, he's at the checkpoint." Yeah, and then just puts <laughs> the phone back down. He yeah. doesn't say anything. And then he looks in this mirror and this crow, this random crow comes out of nowhere and lands on top of the mirror and scares the shit out of him. Nevermore. Right? <laughs> and then he looks back in the mirror and he's fucked up. Oh, yeah. He is not him. He, he looks is like a the... rotting version of him. Oh, it's awful. While all of this buffoonery is happening, Gracie is showing Sarah about the mansion. Yeah, she goes to find Jim in the library and he's in there. Yeah. And he's sitting in a chair that looks like Mickey Mouse's head. Okay. Stop it. All right. For goodness sake. And so, you know, Sarah asks him, you know, This house has been in your family for generations. It's your home. Why do you want to sell it? These walls are filled with so many memories. Some of them painful. And I'm like, that hit me hard. Oh, yeah, I bet. There's just those places that you don't go anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to be there. The energy's weird. Yeah. It made me feel sad. Yeah. It made me feel sad for him. And I know that this is this next thing is also bullshit, but you know, he's talking to her about, you know, like, this used to be a grand place where there was life happening. Everything was grand and joyous and hope was the most important thing. Here we go, romanticizing the South again. Here we go. We cut back to Jim. He's gone through another door. He's walking down this hallway and he hears this voice and he's like, oh, thank God, another human. Yeah, it is not. We walk into this room. It's set up for fortune telling. You have the little round table and the chairs and there's this glowing green crystal ball in the center of the table and you can hear a woman's voice. It's the seer in the crystal ball. We meet Madame Leota. Who is from the ride. Yeah, she is from the ride. Mm -hmm. And she's the medium whose head is forever trapped inside this crystal ball. Medium. She's just trapped in there. That's where she lives. I am Madame Leota, seer of all, voice to the spirits. Whom do you seek? Jennifer Tilly is a goddess. I love Jennifer Tilly. I could listen to her read the dictionary. I just, I love Madame Leota. I wish she were pocket-sized. Yeah. Might come in handy to have a medium in your pocket from time to time. Like, Madame Leota, should I get on this roller coaster? And she'd be like, depends on if it's been inspected lately, for people have died over seatbelt safety. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like, nope, I'm getting on the log flume. Thank you very much. Goodbye. She magics this chair out of nowhere and pins him against the table so he can't leave. And Madame Leota starts making everything in the room rise. Dark spirits from the grave come forth, lift us from the black, and show us, show us the way back. Dark spirits? Hey, no dark spirits. Don't you make no dark spirits come out. Lift us, lift us up to the light and lead us through this stormy night. It all starts spinning like we're on the teacup ride. <laughs> Jim's like, oh, no, I'd like to stay on the ground. Can we stay on the ground? Can we stay on the ground, please? And she's doing poetry. <laughs> Your very life is at stake. Break the curse. There is no escape for you unless you lift this spell. Go, save yourself. Save your family. Release her. Release us all. She's like, break the curse and set her free. Release her. Release us all. She puts him down and he goes running out of there, chased by a floating 10-piece orchestra. Yeah, like in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And like, he jumps inside this door and closes it behind him to get away from the instruments, the hostile instruments. Yeah. And there's Michael, Megan, Emma, and Ezra at the top of the stairs. Like, what is the layout of this house? Mm-hmm. Jim is like, we are getting the hell out of here. And the kids are like, but dad. <laughs> Forget it, Casper. <laughs> and Emma. They're ghosts, dad. They're not ghosts. We're just having hallucinations from that dinner that we ate. It was that chicken. It didn't taste right. Hey! Who? It's not the chicken. All right, it's not the chicken. It's not the chicken, but we're still getting out of here. Hey! <laughs> it's not the chicken. No, say it's not the chicken. It's not the chicken. <laughs> She's upset. Like, they all can see that they're physically not, like, they're corporeal, but they're not humans. Well, yeah, they can, like, be corporeal in one moment. I love that word, by the way. Great SAT vocab word. Corporeal. Corporeal. And so they can be corporeal in one moment, and then they can just be a puff of blue smoke the yeah. next. This is where we learn about Elizabeth, the woman in the oil painting. And their mother. Yeah, their mother. They look, they're the same, they are. It's the same actress. <laughs> like, come on. The kids are showing him this painting of Elizabeth, and how completely weird must that have been for him? Like, why does this dead guy have a painting of my wife? Because it, Elizabeth was his lover, and she killed himself and left him a letter saying that, you know, I don't want to marry you, so I'd rather be dead. Yeah. And then he killed himself. Because that would fuck me up. It would fuck me up, too. And what's really annoying about this is that simultaneously, Gracie's telling Sarah about this. She was in love with the heir to this mansion. Your grandfather. And he loved her more than life itself. But they were from different worlds and couldn't be together. He's like, they were from different worlds. Yeah. And I'm like... Again, we're not talking about what we're not talking about because no one wants the white audience to be uncomfortable. There's this there's this whole institutional racism element that we're ignoring here because Sarah is obviously black. Elizabeth was obviously black or non-white. You know what I mean? Yeah. She could have been a slave. She could have been a noblewoman. There were black noblewomen in that time. Yeah, especially in Louisiana. Yeah. And so it could have been a thing. But like... I feel like there's this whole glaring racism thing. It's just entirely ignored. Yeah. And it's just, it bothers me a lot. That's all I'm saying. Mm. It bothers me a lot. And Jim is seeing all of this through Madame Leota, and he's like, All right, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Now, you're telling me this guy is dead, and the only reason we were brought here is because he wants to try to get jiggy with my wife? Pretty much. Are you upset? The guy is dead, and he's trying to get with my wife. And the house isn't really for sale? Yes, I'm upset. Madame Leota, in her super unhelpful medium way, tells them that the answer to all of their questions lies in the key, which is, of course, hidden in a crypt beneath a spooky tree in the woods outside. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, this is one hell of a side mission, right? Yes. The main campaign is getting out of the house, but now we're off on a side quest. There's only one problem. They don't know how to get out of the house to begin with. Yeah. How do we get out of here? Yeah, how do we get out of here? Well, there's always, uh, my way. So Ezra and Emma take them out into the cemetery in a hearse buggy and a spooky skeleton horse. Yeah, cut to this carriage being drawn by a horse skeleton smashing through the walls of the mansion. And, like, I love that this carriage that they're in, it's literally for a casket. Yeah. Like, it's it's got the big black feather plumes on it that they used to drive around during funerals and like 
it, it's glass on all four sides because that's how you could see the coffin. I know. And like it's so ornate and I love the horsey. <laughs> the skeleton horse. Yeah. I love that it that tickles your soul, Peanut. That's beautiful. <laughs> and they're driving through and guess what? We've got hitchhiking ghosts. Dead? Yes, ma'am. I see dead people. Ha ha fuckity ha. This is where I wrote that this would have made a great Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Yeah, going through this cemetery, which is way too big. It is way too Why big. Why are so many people buried here? We're on this scenic ghost tour on the way to the cemetery, seeing ghosts on penny farthings. There's ghosts of every shape, size, and creed out in that cemetery. It's funny that you say this would make a good Tim Burton movie, because you know who's in this scene. Deep Roy. Yep. <laughs> He's sitting on the end drinking a cup of tea. Yeah. And I love it. And another bit from the ride that we get, and this made me bust because I had forgotten about this entirely, is the singing graveyard busts. Yes. The singing stone heads. Mm-hmm. It's a literal barbershop quartet. When the crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake, smokes come up for a swinging way. Guys, excuse me, sorry to bother you. I was wondering if you didn't know where the mausoleum was. Down by the old mill street. So much. Jim is just trying to get some help. He's trying to ask for directions. He's like, I gotta find this tree and this crypt. And they they just keep annoying him by singing back everything he suggests. While the adult is arguing with these stone heads trying to ask for directions, his 12-year-old daughter finds the mausoleum. Dad, there it is! Down in Dixie. Dad, there it is. was pure shtick that whole sequence <laughs> i love that they so were much. not helpful in any way they were there just to be there so megan knows latin which is super convenient and she's reading it's like beware all who enter here this is the path to the dead michael immediately turns on his heel where are you going i don't like latin <laughs> <laughs> These kids are hilarious. They are great. They are underrated in this film. They walk up to that crypt and the, the torches go on full blast. <laughs> and you're like, nope, no, 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 no. Jim and Megan go down into the crypt because Michael can't hang. This scene. I know. Makes me so uncomfortable I almost can't stand it. I because know. Because I remember how scared I was as a child. And I would always fast forward through this part of the movie. <laughs> can't hang. When everybody, whenever I would watch it. You're Michael. You can't hang, and I honestly understand. You're not getting me down in there. No. You are not getting me down in there. And so they go down there, and Megan's like, all right, we got to find a black crypt with no name, or else your fate will be the same. You mean the one straight the fuck ahead? Yeah, it's not very hard to find, It's in the center of the crypt. It's got, like, its own spotlight. Who was that? Was that a prominent Gracie? I was, Who knows? I have the same thing in my notes. I was like, whose grave are we robbing? And Is this Ramsley's body? Guys... Theory that doesn't really get explored. You'll you'll see it more as we go along, but is this one black crypt we're trying to get into Ramsley's body? It's like, who is this dead guy and why does he have this key? Because this key is the answer to all, correct? And I'm sorry, Ramsley is a big part to play in this. Sorry, <laughs> spoiler alert. And he's in that blue coat. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it is his grave. Oh, no. Ah. Well, well here, here we go. Here Let, we go. Let's not dance around this any longer. Uh-huh. They get that coffin open. They take the key out of the clutches ah! of the body. Yucky. <laughs> and they're walking away. Jim's like, wow, that was easy. easy. <laughs> 
That body sits straight up in the casket. Ah! <laughs> I'm not okay with it. <laughs> and then it just it growls, and I'm like, skeleton shouldn't growl. So now that the dead can move, he gets out of his crypt and is, like, stalking towards them. And Jim is dumb enough to drop that fucking key. He's and scared. it goes in the water under the grate of the bridge. And he's like, oh, shit, no. And so Megan's like, I got it. <laughs> Megan's like, I'll go do it. You deal with Spooky. She goes down into that dark, disgusting, murky water. Oh, no, yeah. These, th- oh, that water. Oh, my God. That water's full of dead things. It's it's liquid human. Oh, no, it is, it is. And I can't, and I can't, and I, oh, the whole time, Jim is trying to ward off Mr. Spooky, Ramsey. Just lighten up, man. Let me tell you something. I'm trying to get the key because I got things to do. I got to get my wife. I don't want to trouble. Back up. And then, um, other, um, graves begin to open. Oh, no. Guys, <laughs> this used to... Ugh, this was a nightmare of mine. I know. Like being trapped someplace with the living dead that you can't get out of. Because it's all practical, right? Yeah. So it's like the skeletons. Most the... of them are practical. Yeah, the real skeletons are coming after Makeup you. did a good job. Oh, they did. And the way they're screaming. Ah! I don't like screaming corpses. No, thank you. <laughs> so she finds the key. He pulls her out of the water. Yeah, and she's being, oh, she's being swarmed by Lake zombies! Ah! They go running up to the door. They see Michael. Michael's like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. And then that door slams shut and locks. And 1,500 spiders come out of nowhere yeah. and cover the door. And if you remember from earlier, Michael does not like spiders and does not know how to whack his own spiders. And th- so they're back. he's backing up away from the door. <laughs> Dad, there's spiders everywhere and I don't have a magazine. Now please open the door, son. It's okay to get scared. Everybody gets scared every now and then, son, but you just can't let it stop you. So Michael rallies, he gets the door open, and they get it shut in time yeah. and lock it tight. Nobody's getting out of their crypt tonight. Yeah. And so- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I love this part because they all go back to Madame Leota, key in hand. I love that moment where they almost think they don't have it. I know. When they get out of the crypt. He's like, did you get the key? And he's like you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, thank God. It's in his breast pocket. He, he holds that key to her and he goes, all right, now we went to hell and back to get this thing. All I want to know now is where's the door out of here? First, you must find the trunk. Trunk? Yes, trunk. Not door? No, not door. Trunk. All you said I had to do was find this key. I got the key. and Now, now you're telling me the story about a trunk. Look, I don't make the rules, okay? I just work here. And he's like, what are you telling me? You tell me about a trunk now? Yeah. Listen, I don't make the rules. I just work here. <laughs> People in service. I know. <laughs> it's like he's in line at the DMV. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell? You told me to go stand in line 39A and now I'm in line 39B? Look, what the I hell? I don't make the rules, okay? I just work here. <laughs> And he goes, you know what? I'm dumb. I'm sick of your shit. And he just picks her up. And he's like, you are coming with me because you seem to be the only fucker around here that has any answers. And she's like, put me down. I'm getting nauseous. I'm like, how? She doesn't have a stomach. Right? She doesn't eat. So um, we go up into Spooky Attic where Elizabeth's wedding dress and everything is, where the ghost ball went. So they find the trunk. and they Very quickly. Very quickly. Thank the Lord because I'm tired of this. Yeah. And they open it up. It's a bunch of Elizabeth's stuff is inside. Yeah. And they find this letter and it says, 
I will love you for all eternity, and tonight at last, we will be together. I do. Forever yours, Elizabeth. She didn't kill herself. She wanted to be with him. And somebody gave him the wrong letter. Flash of lightning. Here's Ramsley. He's just popped up like toast to monologue. <laughs> I just loved Eddie Murphy. The butler did it? Yes, well done, Mr. Evers. I must say I am impressed. You are more persistent than I would have ever imagined. The butler did it? You gotta be kidding me. So here we go. It was Ramsley all along. He poisoned Elizabeth. He switched the letters so that Gracie wouldn't know. Yeah, so that he'd get her suicide letter instead of her I will marry you letter. And it all comes back to Ramsley and his priorities. His racist priorities. Yeah, so Ramsley is basically now trying to clean up his own mess, I guess. Yeah, because he did this for, he says he did this for Gracie. He did this because he's a horrible white man. This murder put all of these people in purgatory. Yeah, they are cursed. Yeah. And the only way to reverse the curse is to reunite Gracie and Elizabeth. Yeah. But it's not fucking Elizabeth. It's Sarah. Yeah, I don't know why this is so complicated. Yeah, they look identical. I don't know why, but they do. That's never explained, but... So now he's just trying to get Gracie to get with the program so everyone can know some GD peace. Yeah. It's Ramsley's plan to have Sarah marry Gracie. Yeah. What wedding? He can't marry her. He's dead and she's not. True. But that can be easily corrected. Life, I'm afraid, is such a delicate state. And if you put one finger on my wife, I swear I'll kill you! How wonderful. You're going to kill a ghost. Ransley take I hate that the ghosts can touch them but they can't touch the ghosts. No, yeah, the 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 corporeal physics here are inconsistent. He like rises him up into the air and he goes Now, for the last time. Good night, Mr. Evers. And just throws his ass out the window. Just yeets him through this gigantic window. I love that the window busts as he goes through it, but then puts itself right back together after he's out of it. Oh my God. And I'm like, this house is alive. It's very big Hill House vibes. Yeah. I have Jim is dead. Roll credits. (laughs) (laughs) He's not though. He miraculously survives. He falls onto the greenhouse and then onto his car. So we get to where Gracie breaks it to Sarah. Oh my God, this scene. Mm -hmm. So he brings her into the dining room, which like doubles as that party hall. Yeah. And so it's just, the the table's gone. There's no silverware, no nothing. Mm -hmm. It's a big empty room. It's the last stop on the Gracie Mansion tour of unfinished business. Mm -hmm. And this is where he confronts Sarah. He says, don't you recognize me at all? Don't you remember? He thinks that she is Elizabeth's spirit reincarnated. Yeah. And that if she was in this room, that she might remember that. Remember what, Mr. Gracie? You're scaring me. Where it happened. Where we spent our last moments together. Where we danced together for the last time before you... Before you killed yourself. But now you've returned to me. And at long last, we can be together. And he's like, this is where we lived. This is where we laughed. This is where we loved. This is where you killed yourself. And she's, of course, freaking the fuck out because there are ghosts beginning to dance all around them. Oh, he's pleading with her to remember. And as he is, those ghosts are swirling around them in the... The masquerade. The masquerade. Oh, it's great. She runs from him. And of course, he's a ghost. He can be around every corner when she turns it. Yeah. He's like, baby, please, no, come back. (laughs) 
she slams the door in his face, and she and he's like, she doesn't remember. And Ramsley, who's of course just there, <laughs> she doesn't remember. In time, she will. He's like, I'm gonna make sure yeah. she remembers, and he does. You don't actually think I'm going through with this madness, do you? Oh yes, I very much do. You see, we wouldn't want anything to happen to the children now, would we? Michael, make it! Because the kids get locked in that trunk right before he throws Jim out of the window. And then, you know, okay, who else can help us? Everybody that can help us is either trapped or outside. <laughs> yeah. And so you're like, Ezra and Emma. And Ezra and Emma are standing outside of her bedroom and Ramsey comes out and he's like, have her ready. And any further insubordination will be treated very harshly. And Emma's like, but sir, like, isn't this all like a little evil? And he goes, well, it's, what I wrote was, what the hell is he going to do to them? They're already dead. And he turns to her and he goes, there are worse things than purgatory, madam. I can assure you. Yikes. And just the the ass leaking look on her face. Oh, like, no. I love the deadly organ wedding march. Oh, man. It's very Tim Burton. It is. <laughs> like, again, we were just here a couple of weeks ago. It's so ominous. And it's Ezra playing it. I know. On the organ. We also did this bit a couple of weeks ago. A marriage between a living person and a dead person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, all of these things are overlapping. She looks so fine in Elizabeth's wedding dress. Like, I know this is a horrible moment, but she looks so good. She's very beautiful. She's crying because she's being forced to marry a dead man. And Sarah is doing this because otherwise the ghosts are going to kill their kids. Yeah. She's in the wedding gown. She's crying. She's walking down the aisle. Gracie is in some kind of military dress. Gray military dress. It's different enough that you might not immediately associate the two. But that's, yeah, that's the thing. You're like, is that a Confederate getup? But it's not. It's not. It's, it's it's really not. And that's why I wonder, like, was that put there to get you to pick up on it even more? Or, like, what are they trying to do here? Like, yeah. I'm getting mixed messages. I guess Ransley's qualified to, he's probably not, but he's a ghost. <laughs> he's the closest thing to an ordained person of the clergy they have. Meanwhile, we have a defeated Jim. Lent up against his car outside. And I love that. I love that you can't get out of the house. But Leota just rolls up. Like, we don't see what happens to Leota between the attic and now. Like, how did she get outside? She just rolled all the way down. (laughs) And she's like, I'm basically operations, so I can get out of the house. She just rolls up to him and she goes, what are you doing? (laughs) So are you just going to sit there feeling sorry for yourself? Yeah. And she's like, are you a little bitch boy? Yeah. Because your family's inside being abused by dead things. Yeah, like, get, the, uh, get up off your ass, Jim. You try, you fail, you try, you fail. But the only true failure is when you stop trying. What do you want me to do? Huh? Try again. Cut to them in the BMW. He strapped Madame Leota into the passenger seat. Hold on. With With what? what? (laughs) (laughs) I love how aware Leota is. I know. (laughs) And so they just smash through the big window in the dining room. Oh, remember that part where he like busted the thing off the house and was trying to bust in? Yeah. And it was just every time he hit it, it would just go back to normal. Yeah. And I'm like, "Mm, the house is alive. The house is alive. 
Dave. Back at the wedding, Ramsley is pouring the poison. When he pours it, it forms Mickey Mouse's head. Oh my God. Yep. Uh, the black smoke in the, in yes. the wine. Yes. Uh. If they had been just a second too late, Sarah would be dead. Like, I love when he's in the hallway fighting the suits of armor to get to the dining room. Yeah. And like the whole time you get the over, you get, you know, the voiceover of Ransley starting the wedding ceremony. Ooh. And he goes, we are gathered here in the sight of God. And I went, in the sight of God? This is about as far from God as shit can get. I don't think so, sir. Oh my God. Yeah, he's got to go down this hallway of suits of armor to get those kids out of the trunk. Yeah, and they're just like hanging in the hallway in the trunk. It's like they're bait. Yeah. And so he finally gets to them, gets them out of the trunk, and they're like, we have a wedding to stop. Sarah's raising the cup to drink the poison. If anyone has any objections. Yeah, I got a few objections. And she's like, oh, thank God. And she goes running for him. She can't get off that altar fast enough. Because <laughs> the kids are safe. So she's like, nope, 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 nope. She goes running up to him and he goes, next time I say we're going to the lake, we're going to the lake. And she goes, yeah, let's get out of let's here. Let's get the fuck out of here, please. And then Gracie gets all territorial. Oh, yeah. He pulls out his saber and he's about to fillet Jim. Hey, you gonna kill me, kill me. But listen, when I come on the other side, I'm gonna just be whipping your ass for all eternity. So maybe you should read this before you stab somebody. Read it. What is it? It's Elizabeth's letter. Her real letter, the one she wrote, the one he stole. You never saw it. And points at Ramsley. And Ramsley's like, this is hearsay. No, you can <laughs> see when Jim pulls out that letter, Ramsley like stiffens. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, oh shit, where did that come he's from? He's like, what? I thought I buried that decades ago. With myself. Exactly. <laughs> and like, Gracie's like, what the hell, Ramsley? He reads the letter and he's like, what is the meaning of this? Because this is definitely in her handwriting. And Ramsley finally cops he, to he's it. He's like, I'm cornered. And he goes, your union was unacceptable. I tried to warn you, but you wouldn't listen. So you killed her. I told you it would be a mistake to run away with that girl. But I loved her. Was love my mistake? Yes! The way he says unacceptable. Yeah, and I'm like, the unacceptable is he didn't like she was black. Yeah, I know. I would respect him a lot more if he would just admit it was because he didn't like black people. Yeah. And not because she... W I don't get it. Th that's the thing. There is no other explanation. Exactly. Like, like it, there literally is no other explanation provided, but they still dance around the issue enough to get you not to question it. I know. It's so annoying. Like, Disney, come on. They want to use that context without actually talking about it. Yeah, it's like, listen, we have to... We have to, we have to produce the movie. But you know what, Ross? Yeah, but... You know what? They didn't have to set it in, in, they didn't have to set it in Louisiana. They could have put it in Connecticut for crying out loud. Yeah. They didn't have to do this, but they chose to. Ramsley thinks he did a good thing. He thinks he saved the entire reputation of the family. And then it all blew up in his face. Mm -hmm. I tried to protect you. All these years I've sacrificed for you. But what would you understand of sacrifice, duty, or honor? You loved her. Well, damn you. Damn you all to Guys, hell is in the fireplace. Yeah, apparently. There is there are portals to heaven and hell at Gracie Mansion. <laughs> Ramsley suddenly goes into the Avatar state. Yeah, yeah! <laughs> Here's the thing. That fireplace cracks open. 
and a large portal to hell appears in the fireplace. Here's the thing, I don't understand what happened here because this like serpentine fire spirit thing comes out of the fireplace and immediately goes for Ramsley. Yeah, it's like it's pulling him down to hell. Like, I don't understand what happened here. Did Ramsley summon hell? No, that's what the movie makes it look like. It's like all these spirits come in from the graveyard and like start swirling in all around them. It's like, what was Ramsley trying to do here? Because he's obviously manifesting some sort of dark energy here. I don't think it's Ramsley. I think the movie misleads you because his eyes go like white and you think that he's conjuring all of this. I don't think he is. I think it's because Ramsley finally copped to it. Yeah. And now the truth is known. And this is the beginning of the chain reaction. That will allow the curse to be lifted. He doesn't defend himself like at all, though. He does manage to grab Jim's leg. Oh, yeah. And that thing starts dragging them both into the fireplace. And like Jim's hanging on to the edge for dear life. Finally, Ramsley's grip letting go of him and him being just falling into the pits of hell. Oh, it's horrifying. And he's screaming. Gracie doesn't let him fall, Yeah, though. Gracie rescues him. Gracie gets him out of the pit. I love him. Like, thank you, Gracie, for being redeemable there at the end. I love that they don't show you the fireplace closing back up. They just show you Jim and Edward looking at it. <laughs> they ran they didn't out- want to shoot it. Yeah, they ran out of money. <laughs> they ran out of money. <laughs> and so now we have a new problem because Sarah has fainted. Yeah, it's like apparently she got a little bit of poison. A little bit of the Mickey Mouse poison. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. And so now she, I'm sorry, we don't mean to laugh because now she's dying in his arms. Yeah. And he's, this is, it gets serious for a sec. It does. It pulls at you. Because Jim is like, oh shit, this woman that I love so much, who I never spent time with and bribed with gifts. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Is slipping away before my eyes. Uh, we had to, we had to come here. We had to see about the house. <laughs> 20 minutes tops. And remember Ghost Ball? Yeah, the little ball of blue light that the kids saw. Well, it's back. And it just floats over to Sarah and it absorbs into her body. Like it goes into her body and then Sarah's body rises into the air. It's very anime. The portal to the heavens opens in the top of the dining room. I know, I know. It's very beautiful. Yeah. And it's like not white, it's like blue. I know. And I love that. Elizabeth, is it you? Yes, my love. The ghost ball was Elizabeth. The truth had to be known for me to be released. He saved me. Sarah suddenly has a British accent. I have major bullshit to call. Okay, okay, all right. (laughs) If everybody else in that fucking place that must have died there can be in corporeal form as a ghost, why can't Elizabeth just walk around willy-nilly? Why is she a ghost ball and nobody else is? Well, I mean, I think the easiest answer for that is because it's part of the curse. It's her death that's been woefully misrepresented, her legacy that is a lie. You know, she was murdered. She did not kill herself. And so I, it's it's the silence. It's the, I guess you're right. It's the silence. She didn't have a voice before because Ramsley silenced her. It's just, it's I silly. Know. It makes you mad. It's silly. It's okay. It's okay. We're- and so the light just kind of fades away from her and she falls into his arms and she's like, Jim. But I lost you. <sighs> I thought I lost you too. 
And I'm like, I'm going to cry. I know. Like, I'm like, oh my God. And then you know what Gracie does? He like produces out of his asshole <laughs> the deed to Gracie Mansion. Like where was he keeping that thing? Yeah, this big rolled up piece of paper and he's like, what the hell is this? The deed to the house. And he's like, I've got everything I ever wanted now. I can move on. He's like, do whatever you want with it. Sell it. Keep it. Turn it into an amusement park attraction. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah, like, turn it into a ride. I don't give a shit. He's like, do whatever makes your family happy. And, like, also bullshit, he walks over to Ghost Liz. Yes, she's there. In her beautiful red dress from the night of the party. I know. And they're together now. And they ascend together. And I'm like, am I tearing? Like, yeah. And then Ezra and Emma. Wait! <laughs> hold on! Like the like like the uh, terminal door is closing. Emma's got baggage. What's all this? Well, I don't know what we'll need. What are you talking about? We're going to heaven. You can't take it with you. The hell I can't. <laughs> I love her so, so much. Ezra and Emma hug everybody and kiss everybody. And they get in the light beam. <laughs> the heaven light beam. And they're like, here we go. And as they turn into balls and float up, I just love how she goes, woo! (laughs) (laughs) Like they're on a ride. (laughs) I know, I know. And then, like, you get this outside shot of the house with, like, angels singing and, like, all of these balls of light are rising off the property up into the sky. And, like, they released everybody. It's wonderful. The evil that happened has now been corrected. Everybody can move on. It's so nice. It is nice. Let's do that to my house. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) Your house needs it. Shit. I need to solve the murder of what happened in my house so I can get those spookables out of there. His ass is still being haunted. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad you were able to get through this. I mean, yeah. It's a little cartoonish. Next but... week, I don't know. Oh, that's right. But we'll get there in a second. Okay. So then we get Leota in voiceover. Angels in heaven together at last. The tale is well ended for those who have passed. Love endures all, no reason, no rhyme. It lasts forever and forever all time. Mom, Leota won't shut up. Are we there yet? I'm getting pretty hungry. Can we get some pizza? I just love that they're in the car, and I love that the kids are like, Leota's annoying the shit out of me. When are we going to make a stop? (laughs) They're on their way to the lake. Yeah, and they're like, Jim's like, yeah, Sarah, how long before we get there? And she goes, 20 minutes tops. (laughs) And Jim goes, nothing takes 20 minutes. Ross, who else have they brought along? They brought the singing bus. Because they're singing, and he goes, Jim, and Jim's like, guys, can you keep it down? We'll keep it down. We'll keep it down. We'll keep it down. Oh, yes, we will. We'll keep it down. Oh, we're driving down the highway now. And we're trying to keep it down. When that happened, I busted a gut. I forgot all about that. I'm like, why did they bring the heads? Yeah. Like, Leota, I get. You know, she's kind of sentient yeah. and needs some human interaction, but why did they bring the stone heads? <laughs> Guys, that's it. I liked that enough. The Haunted Mansion. 
it's a very fun movie and yet still manages to be spooky at the same time. Like it's a little it's a little comic. It is. But I think they did a great job with that, drawing all the inspiration from the amusement park attraction. I picked this because it was always like, you know, at Christmas, there's there's those fun movies that you like to watch, you know, those funny Christmas comedies or whatever. I like to think of this as a Halloween time comedy. I do. But yet there's still like a message from all of it that is deeply seated and not really talked about here like i love that all the culture from that louisiana time period has been incorporated here except but like they don't talk about it like none of it's talk about it's all just shown to you sporadically and it's like here's the thing it's like well what are we supposed to do carrie have a full-blown conversation about why this is gross in the middle of a children's movie the race issue i'm glad that we're picking up on it but i wish that it had been dealt with more directly like it's like you're gonna put suicide in this film for children but we can't have that contextual conversation yeah like it's a little it's a little silly either it was done deliberately to make the white audience feel comfortable which i think was totally the intention or These people just did not think about it. They didn't think about it that way. They don't have the right perspective. They didn't take enough care. Eddie Murphy does a great job. Like, I mean, I guess people may have come to see this movie for Eddie Murphy. He was hot. I mean, he's playing. I mean, to me, he's effectively playing himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Yeah. But like at the same time, I think he's the perfect comedic element to keep that maintained. And just the, uh, you know me. It's about the production for me. And just all of these magical elements being infused with like this gothic horror vibe. I think it's a beautiful marriage. Yeah. I absolutely do. Yeah. I like this movie too. It was never one of my favorites, but it was one of the first movies that um, dad ripped for me from the internet. I remember. Yeah, I remember watching that little DVD thing that he made us, that he burned us. The first time we saw this movie, it was with someone's head in the shot. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it it was a cam footage of some guy sitting in the back of a movie theater. Yeah, but it was still okay quality it was okay yeah dad found good stuff and there were some breaks in it because of i don't know the camera guy i don't know bathroom break yeah bathroom break or something (laughs) and you know what i'm just realizing what are you just realizing this movie's about a spooky house and next week we're gonna be talking about a spooky house yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) just like how does this always happen to me it's a trend it is is halloween yeah i am stating the obvious (laughs) sorry Guys, we wanted to keep something really spooky for the end of a Halloween month. Oh, yeah. And guys, I mean, whichever way, whether you view Halloween as just a holiday or and or whether it's part of your religious element of your life, uh, I hope everyone is safe this Halloween. But this uh, this next week, we really wanted to, we really wanted to cover something really, really spooky. And I let Carrie Ann choose because I chose two of them and she chose Fright Night. So she gets to choose our last selection. Okay, so... I was trying to think of a movie that actually does scare me because I'm not easily scared anymore. Yeah. You know, there's only certain concepts that really eke me out. Yeah, because we live like in the world, so we're already scared. Yeah, we're already terrified. (laughs) And so like usually it's only things like body horror or things like that that creep me out. Yeah. But this movie... This movie is one of the nopiest I've ever seen. I've only seen it once, and I can't wait. All right. Okay, so I'm just coming out with it. Next week, we will be doing 
Insidious. Yes! Oh, I can't wait! Like I just said, guys, I've only seen this movie once, but I remember being thoroughly disturbed when I did see it. So I can't wait to see how this makes me jump and jive again. So look out for that next week, guys. It's gonna be a spooky time. Spooky, scary trauma. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at KickInStream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickinginstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not with an ampersand. And don't forget, guys, rate, review, retweet. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry, Mom.